The Oklahoma City Thunder face a pair of must-win games against the Houston Rockets, and Steph Curry has high praise for SGA and this organization on today's show. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder. Having a pair of must-win games against the Houston Rockets, your mailbag questions such as who will be in the Thunder playoff rotation should they make it there, and Steph Curry has high praise for OKC. Today's show brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. I am your host, media member and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles and follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your next listen, please go check out the Game to Game podcast where they dive into the entire NBA in under 15 minutes or less and a recap of every single game from the night before. So let's talk about the Thunder game tonight. The Thunder are going to go to Houston and play the Rockets as the Thunder sit at 24 and 26. They are one game out of the NBA play-in tournament. They are two games out of the sixth seed, and they are three games out of having home court advantage. On the flip side, the Thunder are 12 games out of the worst record in the league, so that's unobtainable. They are two games back of the sixth worst record, which is still, of course, obtainable. And they're 10 games back of the fourth worst record in the league, which is where they had been at the last two seasons. 10 games at this point in the season seems fairly daunting, seems obviously like that is uh, unobtainable. So this Thunder team will be anywhere from the sixth worst record in the league all the way through the playoffs. Like somewhere in that range, they're going to fall. And the Thunder in the last 10 games are 6-4. and four. In January, they're nine and five. At home, the Thunder are fifteen and eleven. On the road, they're nine and fifteen. And so, I think that these two games will really declare which path they go down because they're must win. If you drop these two games, things get really dicey. As we talk about how they're only two games back of the sixth seed, but also only two games back of the sixth worst record in the NBA. And here's the kicker. Despite Houston being a really bad team, and they're going to finish with the worst record in the league for three straight years, the Thunder since 2020 are 5-5 five and five against Houston. They're currently on a three-game losing streak to Houston. They're also on a three-game losing streak in the Toyota Center, which is where they're going to play the game at tonight. So despite how poor the, the Rockets have been over these last couple of years, the Rockets have had the Thunder's number a bit. Now, a lot goes into that. You know, these two teams have, have been in a rebuild mode to where those games, of course, were dicey and the, the games were kind of out of all over the place those last couple of years. But nonetheless, the Thunder need these two games. Playoff teams, play-in teams, they take care of business in these two games against Houston twice. Whenever you go there after an off day, you go to Houston on Wednesday, and then you get a couple days off, Thursday, Friday off, 
and return home and play Houston again in the Paycom Center, you capitalize on that opportunity before you head out west. And in this game, there's no Lou Dort, there's no Poku, there's no Jerry, there's no Chet, there's no, uh, you know, Lindy Waters, Eugenio Marui for the Thunder either. For the Rockets, they don't have Jalen Green, and they don't have Kevin Porter Jr. Now, you can argue that makes the Rockets better. <laughs> that is the easy joke to go with. And at this point, it might not be a joke in the sense of just the way that they look on the floor in terms of being disengaged, in terms of not really caring um, about playing as, as a team or playing defense. Uh, you're going to get guys in there that probably want to play those minutes. But still, this is a bad team. The Rockets are a joke. The Rockets are a poorly coached team. They're a poorly built team right now. They just don't have anything going for them. By the same token, they have your number. So you've got to go and make a statement in these games. You've got to go and get over that fact that they've beaten you three straight times, get over the fact that they've beaten you three times straight in their building as well, and start a new streak. Take these two games. You know, vault yourself into these playoff standings. But either way, this thing is going to either get the Thunder to the play-in playoff conversation even more, or then you have a decision to make about what you want to do if you lose these two games. Because then you're closer to that sixth seed than you are the play-in. And this is the slate ahead. This is why they're so important. You play Houston tonight. You play Houston Saturday. And then you head west for the first time all year uh, in the sense of going like way out west to California and, and all these teams. You go to Golden State. You go to the Lakers. You go to Portland, bang, bang, bang. Those are three road games where all three teams need these games just as bad as you do in the standings. Where LeBron might be breaking the all-time scoring record in that game. We just saw what happens when you play Golden State. Now, Grant the Thunder adjusted very well and got that game to be very close and competitive, but now you're going to have to do it on the road, so that's going to be a tough barometer as well. And then Portland. You, you found a way to sweep them. In your baseball series earlier in the season, can you beat them on the road? So those are three tough games after these two you know, cupcakes, what should be cupcake games. And the road then doesn't get easier because you return home to play the Pelicans. Pelicans are sliding right now, but they're still a really good team, and that was a great fight in New Orleans a couple weeks ago. And then the day before the All-Star break, you play Houston, which is a dangerous territory on top of Houston just in general having success against OKC after not having success against any other team over the last three years. They have success against OKC. That is a trap game for any team of any stature, of any game, of any consequence, because guys are going to look ahead and want to go ahead and get started on their all-star break. It's been a long grind of a season to get here, and either you're heading to Salt Lake City for a couple of days, or you're just heading back home and enjoying some relaxation. Whatever it is, you're going to want to, you're going to, want to get out of that game. And so that's a game that can be a pack-it-in game where, depending on how you roll out and how you start that first quarter, just dictates how the rest of the game plays out. So these two games are massive. Like, these two games will start to determine how this season goes. Let's play it out. Worst-case scenario, you find a way to drop both games. Like, you you go 0-2. Then Golden State beats you, as expected. I mean, if, the, if you lose to Golden State, no matter how it's done, close, you know, blowout, whatever it is, that is nothing to hang your head about. Golden State's Golden State for a reason. So then you're on a three-game losing streak. Now, you're, now it's a four-game losing streak if you lose to Golden State again. Then you play the Lakers, who are not a good team in general. Like, they don't play good basketball as a team, but they still have LeBron, and they still have, you know, kind of that 
extra oomph to him because it'll either be LeBron is breaking the scoring record that night or this is his first home game since breaking the scoring record or is dangerously close to where any single bucket could get him there. So that that, that kind of emotional edge will be in that game. And so now you, you worry that it can go to a 4-5 game losing streak whenever you play the Lakers and the Timberwolves, the, you know, the Lakers and the, and the uh, Trailblazers. It starts a slippery slope if you go 0-2. Even if you go 1-1, one one, you just lost an opportunity to gain ground. And so with only less than half a season to play, losing that opportunity to gain ground hurts a lot. Because you should be banking these two games in the back. And if you go 2-0, and well, then everything's out in front of you still. And, and, and you're in a really good spot if you go 2-0. and So just take care of business. If you want to be a playing team, if you want to be a playoff team, you win these games. Here's the beautiful part for Thunder fans. doesn't really matter. We all have our preferences on if they make the playoffs slash play in or if they uh, go to the sixth worst record in the NBA and have a good shot to leap up in the lottery or at least a chance to leap up in the lottery. Uh, we, we all have our opinions on what, they, what we think will happen. But either scenario, the other side would be happy with. Like if you're somebody that wants this team to make, make the playoffs, okay, they stumble these two games uncharacteristically against Houston. They don't show up. They don't perform. And now the season trends towards that sixth worst record. Okay, it stings a little bit because you were you felt like you were right there, but you know what? You get checked back next year. You get this lottery pick that's going to be top six at least and might even leap up. Uh, you still have a really bright future. If you're good enough to make a statement and win these games against Houston and then continue that momentum into the playoffs as the season progresses and as you play these play-in teams next week, then you're like, wow, this team is really declaring themselves as a play-in or playoff caliber team without their prize possession in Chet Holmgren, without even capitalizing on the stockpile of draft picks with such a bright future ahead of them. So either way, it's a win-win. But it does make tonight's game against a otherwise boring, irrelevant team really fun and really interesting. So I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to Saturday as well. Uh, you can find the game recap on tomorrow's Lockdown Thunder podcast right after the game is over with. And then on Friday, we're going to try to have Daniel Bell on Friday. We have some technical difficulties, and that's why he's not on today. But hopefully, uh, those will be solved for Friday. And then Saturday, we're going to recap that Rockets game again. We're here for you five days a week and after every single game. And who else is here for you? FanDuel. FanDuel is awesome, folks. FanDuel is where you want to be at. FanDuel.com slash lockdown to make every moment more. This year, it's the only app you need for your Super Bowl party. It's FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We are really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America. FanDuel is your new home and your new hub for sports betting with so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download the FanDuel app right now. You can bet on the Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You get up to $3,000 back on your bonus bet in your first bet if it does not win because FanDuel is letting you bet on everything from the money line to the point spread to who will score a touchdown, who will be Super Bowl MVP, there are some great lines out there. Of course, you know, I'm a Chiefs fan, so I'm hoping that Kansas City pulls out this win in the Super Bowl, and you can make so many bets like the Chiefs are one-and-a-half-point underdogs in the Super Bowl. Who will win Super Bowl MVP? Pat Mahomes is the leader in that at plus 120, the long shot being Travis Kelsey at plus 1,300. Go check out all those fun bets at FanDuel, and tell them that Lockdown sent you by going to FanDuel.com slash locked on. It is incredible. Join FanDuel today and do that with a no sweat first bet. 
on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more the official sports betting partner of the NFL and locked on. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. And let's dive into your mailbag questions. I'm going to split this one up. There was a lot of questions. Thank you all for your questions. You can also drop them on YouTube and on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Uh, we're going to split these up. So if your question's not in this one, it'll be in the next one. Uh, but... First one from at slim underscore sleeper. That's a, that's a funny at name. When the Thunder make the playoffs, what would their eight-man rotation be? SGA, Giddy, Dort, J-Dub, Kinrich seem like a lock. I think I agree with you. Those are the locks. But who else makes that group out of these three? Jerry, Poku, Wiggins, Joe, Mann, Moose, Basley. So I agree that, that the locks for an eight-man rotation would be Shea, Giddy, Dort, J-Dub, Kenny Hustle. I would also throw in there Isaiah Joe. I think that we've seen a lot from him as an offensive spark plug and as, a, as one of the only true shooters on this team that you're going to need to have in the playoffs for his floor spacing ability. And we've seen enough from him that it warrants giving him the shot to play in the playoffs defensively. Like, I don't think that he'll get picked on and played off the floor. I could be wrong about that, but as we've seen some instances from him where he plays good enough defense and the Thunder play good enough team defense to not really allow him to get pick-and-rolled to death. So I'll include Isaiah Joe up to six. Uh, of this list, I think that Wiggins makes a massive winning impact and should be in the playoff rotation. That's seven. And then, you know, Poku and GRE, if, if Poku is healthy, I don't think that he he necessarily, um, you know, I don't know if he will or will not be healthy enough to play in the play-in uh, or the playoffs if they get there. But Poku would be in there from the way he's played before injury. And then Jeremiah Robinson Earl would get there uh, as well. I, I honestly think that the Thunder would continue to play like 10 guys because I think that any given night, like it could be poker that gives you what you need, but he might lack physicality in a certain game. We need to go back to Jerry. If Baisley's still around on this team after the deadline, you might need his defense in certain matchups. Like I, I truly believe it, Mark will continue to play this matchup dependent rotation, but keeping the locks of Shea, Giddy, Dort, J-Dub, Kenny. And then once playoff time rolls around, I can't see a scenario where Joe doesn't get minutes. I can't really see a scenario whenever whenever it's all chips are down, it's a playoff game where Wiggins can't find minutes. Past that, though, you're going to mix and match and find the different roles for everybody. Uh, I think that there's moments for J-Will. There's moments for, there's moments for JRE. There's moments for Poku. There's moments for all these guys uh, to where you're going to need to quick, you know, keep cycling through them. But... If Poku is fully healthy and if Poku um, is back, then yes, he is in that lock group as well, based upon how he played pre-injury this season. He's, of course, going to duplicate that uh, post-injury, which I think that he will. Um, at Bald Eagle Poker, is there any remote chance that Chet could play in the playoffs this year? No. Uh, everyone on the team, publicly and privately, is, are saying he's not going to play this year. He's going to play next year. That's what they've said since the injury happened. And even Mark was asked about him last week. And reaffirm that same thing of he's not going to play this year. It's going to be a lot like Zion. Like come playoff time, you might see Chet hype videos on his Instagram of him doing even more than what those hype videos show you right now. And you're going to get even more excited, but it's like last year, whenever, whenever Zion in the playoffs posted that video on his Instagram of him just dunking and jumping out of the gym and Pelicans fans got so excited. It's just not in the cards to play this year. You're going to protect the player from themselves and give them a fresh start next season. So no, not a remote chance that Chet can play in the playoffs. Uh, at MK325491, 
who are the top five coolest players on the team. I'm not surely sure if you mean like in terms of our interaction or in terms of you know their coolness of like the broad social media sense or uh, how to perceive this. So I'm going to give you a lot of different lists. Top five just straight up coolest players that I think that the, na- that, the, the, the that the kind of casual national audience will gravitate towards as this team gets better, as this team gets put on a more national stage, and as they find out more about them. I think Shea it will see his, his brand flourish, especially as he keeps up these post-game uh, after-win photo dumps on Instagram where he includes little memes in there and funny captions. I think that he'll continue to, to become a, an icon. I think that Josh Giddy's brand will flourish a lot whenever whenever the Thunder are able to get that national recognition. Because with Giddy, he has the looks, he has the social media presence, and he has also some really good interviews. Where like as these games start to matter more, and you're asking players about individual plays and individual breakdowns of a play, his recall for what has happened in the game that he just played in a minute ago, and his ability to, or, and willingness to sit there and explain it to you is, is massive. And I think that fans really enjoy that. Uh, you know, there's a certain demographic of fans that really enjoy that, that, that enjoy hearing a player break down what every dribble meant to them. And I think that Josh is the kind of guy that would do that um, after these big games. And after, after a massive win in the playoffs, you ask him, you know, what, what do you see on this play that freed up this shot to win the game? He'd break it all down step by step. So like, I think that that uh, encourages a lot. I think Chet Holmgren, massive, massive cool factor. Uh, once he's on the floor again, both as a player and as an off-court personality. Uh, the, the, really, my number two, if we're going to rank them, it'd be it'd be Shea and then J-Dub. I think that J-Dub, from his cool factor on the court, from his, to his hair, to his style, to his willingness to interact with fans on social media and, and at games and after games, that buys you a lot of currency. His memes, his his comments on his teammates' Instagram pages, his own personal posts, like... J-Dub's entire aura is very cool. So I'd put him one or two, him and Shea in the top two. Then I'd go Giddy, Chet, and then my fifth place one. This is going to be tough. My fifth place one for cool factor. Now, again, this list is for like just general branding. Mm, that, that, uh, this is really tough because I, I don't want to leave anyone out. But my my last one would go to, I'm, I'm going to go my last one. Lou Dort. I feel like Lou Dort could really, as this team continues to get better and he gets back in the playoffs, like remember he played in the playoffs one time and now Zach Lowe has a Dort license plate in his, in his office. Like uh, he's going to have that pull on the floor and he's sneaky funny in his interviews. Like he's, he's pretty funny whenever he's doing these interviews in terms of like coolest player, like mellow, there's no one, hardly anyone cooler than Kenneth Williams. Like, He's just sitting courtside reading the program before a game, and you walk past him, and he tells me, that's just a good read. It's a good read, man. Okay, I read the program every single day too, but I don't think it's a great read. No offense to whoever puts the programs together. But Kenny Hustle's just sitting there reading it before a game. And and on the floor, it never feels like Kenny like spikes up. Like It feels like he's always just steady. Uh, and then interaction-wise, there's just uh, all the guys are great. Like Honestly and truly, every single person on this team is fun to talk to, is fun to be around, is fun to walk past. Like, it's just, it's a good group. Uh, at Alex OXG, what is the ceiling of this team this season and next season? So I think that this season's ceiling for the Thunder is a play-in tournament win, right? Like a, like they, they get to the play-in and they win it, and they go to the first round of the playoffs, and then they lose in five. 
losing you know five or six games. Uh, I think that that's the ceiling. The ceiling for next year's team, I think, could be wow. Chet comes in, he fills every single gap that you that you see on this year's team. He fills it all. He does his job. Uh, not to put all the pressure on Chet, but like other guys got better as well. Like so, so you know, X X player took a leap. Shea is incredible, and this team gets off and running and, and is like a four seed. That's like the ceiling. Again, ceiling means everything went perfect. You checked all the boxes. You, you checked health. You checked progression. You checked uh, getting breaks from from other teams around the NBA. You checked all the boxes of ceiling. Those are the two ceilings for me for these teams. And then at J. Clark OKC, what is the priority in the draft? I think that you should prioritize wings who can score. Me personally, especially shooting, but just scoring wings in general, I think would be a big a big plus for OKC to prioritize in the draft. We'll have more coming up, including what I think of OG's fit this offseason and should the Thunder pursue him. Also, uh, how many guys in the current roster are locks to be here in the future? Plus, Steph Curry gets to praise OKC and SGA after Monday's game and Jeremiah Robson's health update. We'll talk about all that coming up. But first, I want to say right now, a bit of good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off of your next order. And I think that my personal favorite Bilt Bar is cookies and cream, but I think that there's so many flavors out there that no matter what your taste bud is, you can find the one for you. You can you can see a flavor that you know you'd enjoy. So for me, it's cookies and cream. You might like kind of the more uh, fruit-based Built Bars where they're based around raspberry, they're based around cherry, barcia, uh, banana. You might like that kind of stuff. You also, if you're a chocolate lover, would love double chocolate or salted caramel or peanut butter brownie or, or anything of the sort. They have so many great flavors. You can use them pre-workout, post-workout, or even as a meal replacement or a snack. Find them at Walmart, at Sam's Club, and at Built.com, promo code LOCKED15. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm Ryland Styles, host of Lockdown Thunder. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunder Pod and subscribe on YouTube and anywhere else you get your podcast from. Let's continue talking about your mailbag questions. Would you consider OG this offseason? I don't really love an OG and OB trade. I just don't. Um, I don't know if the value you're giving up is worth the value that you're bringing in. Because, for example, to trade for him before the deadline, you need to give up the the mystery team asking price of three first-round picks and Lou Dort. OG and OB is not bringing you back that much value, especially whenever you consider that you have to re-sign him you know, next year. You have to re-sign him and then tie up a lot of your future cap space on a team where if they all hit and if everyone hits, you're going to need to re-sign all of them to massive deals. So, I, no, I just don't think that there's any reason to pursue a guy like OG. And I, I don't think that this team will make any moves like that before they see how Chet plays. Uh, they might make a you know a, a small tweak to the roster, but it won't be like, a, okay, three first-round picks, we're going to invest in this guy with a new contract before they even see Chet on the on the floor. Uh, at IE Ed20L, what prospects in this year's draft do you think the Thunder should trade up for realistically? They can't trade up for Victor or Scoot. Uh, I think that they can trade up for anyone but those two guys, and so I would say that like a Cam Whitmore would be my main target just for me personally, but I also would enjoy them trading up for Brandon Miller, 
Uh, if they if they feel very confident in the Thompson Twins, those are two guys that have very high upside, uh, despite being 20 years old and playing high school-level talent right now. Uh, those are kind of the main ones to trade up for. Past that, I think it just depends on like when where we find out the rest of the draft class's range settles at. Uh, so a Nick Smith, he might be number five on your board, but another person's board might have him at 12. Like There's just so much variance board to board from a lot of these guys to where it's hard to know like who to trade up for. I feel fairly confident in Victor Scoot, obviously, and then in the Thompson Twins and Brandon Miller and Cam Whitmore going before six or seven to where you need to trade up for them. Uh, but even that might be it might be a wrong read. We don't really know yet, but those are some guys to circle of who I really like. In this uh, pre, uh, pre, I'm sorry, in this post-game press conference, Steph Curry praised OKC and SGA. And it's just interesting to hear these comments come from such a megastar in the NBA who doesn't have the association with OKC. Uh, we can tell you here with the Thunder media, the Thunder organization can tell you, Thunder fans can tell you, but it just means a little bit more whenever somebody outside of this belt bubble gives you their opinion on on Shea or on the Thunder, and it checks out with what you already believe. So Shea, you know, Shea got praise from Steph Curry, and Steph Curry said he's always been a tough scorer. Ever since we got that first experience with him in the 2019 playoffs against the Clippers, he's been shifty. He plays at his own pace. You just cannot rush SGA. He says that uh, SGA is tall enough, to sh- tall enough to shoot over you. He's good at drawing fouls, and we knew coming into this game he was going to make tough shots. That is what he does. He's a scorer. But you have to make life tough on him. You have to make him work. All accurate assessments from Steph Curry. Then he was asked about what it's like playing this Thunder team compared to playing them the last couple of years. And Steph said that this OKC squad, he says they are probably playing above what people predicted. They are. They have a lot of talent. They're obviously in the mix for a reason because they play hard every night. They use their athleticism. And Shea has been playing amazing this year. So you have to pay attention to them. They win a lot of close games too because they have that youthful energy about them. They are a tough team to beat regardless of the experience that they have. Being labeled as a tough team to beat by a fully healthy Warriors squad that had Steph, Clay, Jordan Poole, everybody healthy that won, that won the NBA title last year, that is high praise. That is very high praise. You can go watch the way that he presented it and the way that he thought about it and, and explained it on Twitter at Radlin underscore Styles. But I thought that was great to, to hear the praise from Steph Curry. And the last update is Jeremiah Robinson Earl has officially been assigned to the OKC Blue. They will play Thursday at the Austin Spurs. Saturday, they'll play at noon in the Paycom Center against the Stockton Kings ahead of that Rockets game. Not sure if he's going to play in both. Not sure if he's going to play in one or the other. But just as a preview of what their schedule looks like, this will be his first kind of return to play point, and then he'll get called up for the Thunder and be off and running, hopefully, as long as everything goes well in the G League. We'll keep you updated on that as well. Shout out to Josh Kitty and Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara. Both were selected as Rising Stars for the Rising Stars Challenge in Salt Lake City during All-Star Weekend, February 19th, I believe is when that game happens, for the Rising Stars. So you can also look forward to that, as well as hopefully, of course, Shea being announced as a reserve. He will be announced as a reserve, uh, a reserve coming pretty soon here by the NBA. So thank you so much for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen and checking us out. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. And until tomorrow, whenever we recap these these Rockets games, be good. Be good to one another.